Hi, I'm Brooke Kikos. I'm the host for Goddess Rising. I'm a relationship coach, an RTT therapist, a hypnotherapist, and an NLP practitioner. This podcast is meant for those who believe in unlocking the power from within and using our voice to create real change for yourself, for other women, to help empower, to learn, to expand consciousness, and really uplift each other. If you have been burdened by a past of trauma, abuse, and toxic relationships, this is a safe space to learn and grow and embody your truth. I am here to help you shift from shame, people-pleasing, codependency, low self-esteem, the horrible belief of feeling like I am not enough, and shift into expansion of your real potential. Because it's time to say no to toxic behaviors and say yes to unapologetic self-love. And this is where we find the healthiest relationship with ourselves and with our others. So we are talking about some fun stuff here today on Goddess Rising. And I have Erica here. She is a sacred intimacy and women's leadership coach for rebel visionary women, activists, and change makers. She is passionate about guiding women to the fullest expression of themselves and their big missions through embracing sexuality, taboo, and shame, empowering them into their bold voice, erotic power, and wholeness. So this is super exciting because obviously I'm very much into this activism and allowing women to get into their power. And this is a totally different topic and about sexuality and kind of how you bring this in to your life and to your business. So very excited to have you here today, Erica. So I want to first allow you to take the floor and kind of talk about your journey, even getting into this space and how now this is your passion to kind of help women work through this, this process. So please let, let us know about your journey. Yeah, thank you for having me here. So there are so many things I could speak to that really brought me to this point. And I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, I would say the, the biggest like aha moment that kind of changed everything for me was when I was experiencing intimacy with my partner after just moving in with him. And we had been long distance for three and a half years before that. And I, I noticed that I was somewhat sexually disconnected and I would always be turning him down, making him feel rejected. And it was bringing up a lot of problems in our relationship. And after some time, like it became a big enough pain point for me where I was like, okay, I need to look at this. I need to see what's here for me. Um, and when I did, it was really about a journey of going inward and seeing what was showing up for me. And when I did that, I noticed that I had a lot of uh, unprocessed shame about things that had happened in my past. And one of those things that I went through is uh, when I was 20, I got pregnant with that same partner and we're still together today. And I chose to have an abortion. And this is something that I had kind of shoved under the rug and pretended didn't happen because I'm sure as you can imagine the taboo and the shame around that and being, grown, being raised Catholic and religious, like there was just a lot there. And uh, I, when I looked at that, I also recognized that wasn't the only thing I was holding on to shame about myself. There were, there were other things as well. And 
you know, I had been someone who, like, I knew about shame. I knew that people experienced shame, but I never really related or connected to that I was someone who held on to shame. And uh, I noticed that I was actually like pretty disconnected from my body. And what I know about shame now is that shame is ashamed of itself. So it wants to hide. So for me, that showed up as being kind of numb to my body and disconnected to certain things. And I realized that I was making myself like fundamentally wrong for some things that had happened in my life. And because of that, I didn't believe that I was worthy of being turned on by my partner or experiencing joy and pleasure in my life on, on a deeper level, like beyond just surface level. So when I, when I looked at this, I went on this, this journey of like reclaiming my, my power. And I explored like different realms of sexuality so like I listened to podcasts, different books and all of this. And I eventually came across a podcast talking about sacred sexuality, which is really cool that we're talking about this today because I hope that I can be this for someone else. Um, when I learned that sexuality could be sacred, I suddenly became so much more fascinated in it because I've always been a spiritual person and my spirituality is a huge value of mine. So when I learned that sex didn't have to be this thing to be ashamed of or to keep hidden or keep hush hush about, I became super interested in it. And I went down all these different rabbit holes and I explored like, what did my sexuality mean to me? What turned me on? And when I did that, I discovered that I actually wasn't sexually disconnected. I was actually a highly sexual person and like a really kinky person. And this was revolutionary for me because it was like I was tapping into a part of myself that was previously untapped. So when I did that, I felt like I was becoming all of me. I felt like I was becoming whole. And what resulted from that was I was so much more expressed in my life. I previously had been someone who was a bit more shy or reserved and just kind of had a hard time expressing myself. But after reclaiming my sexuality, like I was able to use my voice. I was able to feel so powerful. I was able to experience myself as worthy and worthy of receiving. And this just revolutionized so many different areas of my life beyond just the bedroom. So I recognized, wow, there is a lot of power in this. And especially with women who just overall were kind of taught to keep ourselves quiet and hidden and that we're not really that powerful. So I became really passionate about helping women to remember who they are, remember their, their divinity within and to be able to integrate their humanity and their divinity to become more whole and self-expressed in the world. So yeah, that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Wow, I love that. That is huge. And honestly, again, this is something that people are afraid to talk about. This is, people are afraid to express this. They're afraid to, you know, a lot of that is taboo, if you will, right? It's like, 
we've been taught, okay, well, we're not supposed to talk about it. And then we have to be kind of hush hush about it. And that's kind of the way I was raised as well. I don't know what your childhood was like, but it was like, we didn't talk about sex. It wasn't an open thing. Um, it was also very shamed. So in my past as well. So I think there was a lot of that for me, like when kind of what you've gone through and, and recognizing that, um, that disconnect from it and it being like, then in, then in a relationship, it comes almost, becomes almost like a chore, right? And it's like, because we're disconnected to our bodies and because we're not tapped into that part of us, because it really is, like you said, our power, like our sexual energy is where our power lies. And I think a lot of the times we don't really know that, right? And that's about, it's such a part of us that we have to be able to um, pay attention to. And that a lot of women don't recognize is so important. We kind of just like, let it lay dormant. So, you know, what do you think as far as, you know, I would love to hear more about why you felt like you need to even go down that rabbit hole. Like, you know, what made you want to do that so badly? Was it just because, you know, it was causing problems in your relationship or did you just finally start to realize how you were disconnected? Yeah. So like hundred percent agree with everything you just shared and the relationship I used to have with my sexuality is that I just didn't see any value in it. Like my partner, you know, like wanted to get it on and I just had no interest in it. Like I, I didn't see it as something that was very productive. So, you know, I'm, I'm just like, there's, there's no value in this. Like, I don't want to spend my time doing this. Like there's more, you know, productive things that I could be doing. And I think that's the kind of patriarchal, conditioning that we get put in is that our the things that we do in life have to produce something have to go somewhere so for me in that time of my life I had a really hard time doing things just for the sake of joy just for the sake of pleasure I had a really hard time slowing down and resting so you know my my partner he would ask me he's like well I would love for you to initiate intimacy sometimes like he would ask those things of me and I was like, yes, I will. But there were still like blocks there and I still couldn't. So for me, what that revealed is that I wasn't just relating to sex in that way. I was relating to like my whole life in that way where, you know, I'll only do things if I'm going to get something out of it or if it's going to be productive. So I noticed that that's the way that I was showing up in my business. I was really in this wounded masculine space mm -hmm. thinking, you know, that I needed to produce and hustle all the time and really had a hard time, like I said before, resting, receiving, tapping into joy. So when I saw that connection between the bedroom and my business, I was like, oh, there's like a lot more here for me to heal and explore and transform. So that was another that was another element that had me so much more interested in doing some work in that space. Yeah, that's so, I love that you brought that to the surface too, because, you know, with, if, you know, anybody's listening and they are an entrepreneur, right? So things are, you know, our deeper limiting beliefs are always going to show up in our business <laughs> and it's always going to be how we, how we produce, how we do our day to day. Um, and I can resonate with the fact of I was always in fight or flight trauma response for years. So that was just the way that my body operated and it didn't matter what happened. I was always operating in that go, 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 that rush, 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 all the stress, all the cortisol, like all those feelings. And then 
that's kind of how you show up in everywhere, right? Your business, you, if you're a mom, if you're in your relationship, like it's, you're going to be in that type of energy and you're not going to be present. Like you're not going to be all in. And when I think when it comes to relationship and our sexuality, it's so important that we're so present. And as women, it's like an emotional connection too, right? You want to have an emotional connection with our partner. But if we're not tapped into ourselves emotionally, then we're not going to find fulfillment in, in our sexual life because we're just not going to be connected deeply with it. So I think that's so powerful. So how would you say that, you know, you're fulfilling your mission in your business? Because, I mean, this is really what you talk on and speak to. Yeah. So I, from a young age, went through a spiritual awakening and I realized that the way we, you know, are kind of this cookie cutter life that we are prescribed to growing up, I just saw beyond that. I saw that life was so much more than that. And through tapping into my own way of being spiritual, creating this intimate connection with myself, I, it just transformed my life so much that I wanted to be able to help others tap into more depth in their life, like live a deep and meaningful life. And for a long time, I didn't know how to do that. And eventually I found life coaching and that's where my work started. And then it evolved into more of this sacred sexuality space. And I just feel so divinely guided here because all the puzzle pieces of the things that I care about so much are starting to click in together, like using your sexuality, your sacred sexuality to tap into your divinity within and to integrate your humanity and your divinity because it, it requires you to be all of you and to integrate all parts of you, um, you know, in order to really be in your highest and best. And uh, so that's, you know, that's one way that I'm fulfilling my mission. And like my highest mission is to co-create heaven on earth, to really uh, integrate that, that divine part of ourselves and that human part of ourselves, and not just do it all alone, but to do it in co-creation with each other. I see that the, the biggest breakdown in humanity right now is separation. So a lot of my work is about creating unity. And that really starts with creating unity with yourself, having this intimate relationship with yourself. Like I said before, integrating that human, that human part of yourself and that divine part of yourself to create a union so that you can walk forward with more wholeness. And once you can find that in yourself and intend to show up that way in yourself, you become a permission slip for other people to also accept more parts of themselves. Um, a lot of my work is about shame slaying and those parts of yourself that you think you need to hide from everyone. Once we redefine your relationship with that and uh, you, you learn that, no, you don't have to hide these parts of yourself. The people around you start to understand that they don't have to shame and hide parts of themselves either. And we can all be more of our true selves. And if we all had the permission to be more of our true selves, like, I just think the world would be a lot more inclusive um, and empowering space. And then we all get to, to rise together. I just love the goddess rising. It's, it's so fitting. So what I'm <laughs> Thank all you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's intuitively that, that name for my podcast just came to me and 
Um, I love, again, that you're doing a lot of shadow work with people. I do a lot of trauma work and shadow work with, with my clients as well. And I think shadow work is one of the things that, you know, we fear <laughs> the most because it is like those darker parts of us. Um, and, you know, sometimes we want to continue to reject them and repress them because other people have done the same to us. And so we don't really, it's, it's a little bit um, scary to start to integrate those parts and accept those parts of ourselves, but also a huge part of the healing process. So you talked about your spiritual awakening, and I actually love to ask this question to people that I interview because, you know, being someone that had their own spiritual awakening um, in such a, in a rude, <laughs> abrupt way, I felt like the universe was taking a two by four and throwing <laughs> and getting me upside the head. Um, I love to hear like, you know, what is, you know, for someone that maybe hasn't had that experience, what do you want to say to, okay, what really is a spiritual awakening? You know, what did awaken you to the fact that this, this is, this was your calling? Yeah. Love that question. So first coming, first answering, what is a spiritual awakening? You know, for some people, it's like an aha instant moment where life is never the same anymore where they have like this elevated perspective on what are we all doing here as wacky humans and they can kind of see above it so some people it's really instant for some people it's it's a gradual journey of waking up um and i feel like i kind of had a mixture of both so i shared before that i was raised catholic and i remember you know like no shade on that religion or anything, but I remember just personally never being super connected to it. And so I, in the way that it was kind of brought to me growing up, it seemed like people were sacrificing their current life right now in order to get to some salvation in the future, you know, go to heaven. And for me, I've always been someone who wanted to live my most epic life. So I was like, why would I hinder any part of myself right now in this life I have right now? Like, I don't know if there's an afterlife. So like, why don't I make this like my heaven on earth? So that was really my aha moment. I was just sitting on my patio. I was like 17 years old. I was just thinking about all of this. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to continue to partake in this religion. I want to create my own way of being spiritual because I still recognize the value in spirituality, just not as much this particular organized religion. And I knew I wanted to live a deep and meaningful life. So to me, I, I knew I needed to live a spiritual life for whatever reason, I knew that at that age. So I went on a journey of creating my own way of being spiritual. I had no idea what that would look like or how to go about that at the time. And I started through reading a bunch of spiritual and personal development books, listening to different teachers, listening to podcasts and all of that. And yeah, I started to realize that I'm more than just my mind. I'm more than just this human. Like I am so much more than that. I realized that I am deeply connected to, to everything. So that is really what sparked my spiritual awakening and what it looked like and meant to me. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. That's really beautiful. And I think what, um, first of all, you being 17 and already asking those questions, I think is fascinating and, and being like, okay, well, I want something more. This doesn't resonate with me. It's huge. Um, shows a lot of self-awareness for you. 
Um, and I think it's beautiful too, just to, to speak to those that perhaps are questioning, you know, their purpose in life or questioning, you know, what are their belief system? You know, is, is it even their own belief system? Is it the belief system of their parents, right? And the generations, you know, prior, and it just, you know, that's kind of what happens to us, right? Like you said, you were raised Catholic, right? We, we take on the belief systems of all that we know because that's how we're raised and it's our conditioning and it's what we're what we're told is the right thing but being able to ask more questions and say okay well what is what do I believe what are my values and what what do what do what, what resonates with me and my soul is a huge part of our journey here in life so I love how you you kind of touched on that and, and spoke to that spiritual awakening so that's huge for me it was a little bit different it was more of like a um, grief made me ask the deeper questions and ask to receive what I needed to know about what the hell we're doing on this planet. <laughs> like, why is it so painful when I lose someone that, um, you know, that I've loved. And I think that started to, that really opened up my own spiritual awakening to, um, because I needed to know the answers and I asked and I received it was like, it didn't, it didn't take long for me to find the answers to that. So I think that's huge. I do want to talk a little bit before, um, a little bit before we kind of close this all out is I know that you work with Mind Bloom as an integration guide for psychedelic medicine treatment, which is ketamine. Um, so can you speak a little bit about that? Because not everybody knows what ketamine does, um, how maybe it can help them, you know, through some depression, anxiety, some deeper things that they really need to, to work through. Totally. I love that you bring this up because I'm all about speaking to the taboos and giving voice to them. And this is definitely a taboo space. Yeah. So yeah, I work with a company called Mind Bloom. They are a startup and they do in-home ketamine psychedelic therapy. So if you're not familiar with the power of psychedelics, I'd love to share this, this analogy, which I think is so genius. So if you think about your mind in a similar way as a, a snowy hill that people have been sledding on. So you, you know, if you can imagine this, there's grooves in the snow where people have been putting their sleds down. So this is similar to the, the thought patterns, the beliefs and the mindset that we have. We, our brain knows to go to these same routes over and over and over. And that's often how people feel stuck in life or they're in the same habitual patterns, it's hard to get out of. So, and if you imagine being on a hill with your sled, if you wanna create a new path, you're likely gonna be sucked into a path that's already been created and that's where your sled's gonna go. Mm -hmm. So what psychedelics does is it creates this fresh snowfall. So you have a, a fresh hill and you can choose any path that you want to take with your sled. And it's the same way with our minds. When you're working with psychedelic therapy, it becomes so much easier to form new beliefs and to create new habits that previously were harder to in the past because it, it's like you have this fresh perspective in your mind. So ketamine I don't have all the like scientific terms, you know, yeah. in my brain, but ketamine helps um, promote neuroplasticity in your brain, which is this um, forming new neural connections essentially is what it is. 
Yeah, that's, that's great. I love the, that was a great way analogy. I honestly use that analogy all the time, the snow covered hill um, in the hypnosis work that I do, because it is so important to recognize that we have ways to create new pathways, to create new habits and patterns um, and to get out of the resistance, right? The resistance of staying in the, the depression or staying in the, the complex PTSD that people have or the trauma so I think that's huge that you're able to kind of help people integrate. So just to be clear, she doesn't do the psychedelics. She just helps people integrate after they've done them, right? Yeah. And yeah. I would love to add in this piece that I just learned recently. So, you know, there's a lot of studies out there about the effectiveness of psychedelic therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, there's a recent study that came out around clitoral orgasms with women and uh, you know, they just had a, a, a normal, you know, clitoral orgasm. And then afterwards they asked these women like in the, you know, with a similar standard questions, you know, like how much did you transform? How much did this change you? And that study showed that more women had a, a life changing experience through just a regular clitoral orgasm there was a higher percentage of transformation there than when people spoke to doing psychedelics. So there is so much emerging science coming out with the power of sexuality. And it actually has that a similar effect that psychedelic therapy can have where it helps you to break out of these habitual patterns and people can have mystical experiences through orgasm. And, and through sex. So, and your, your, your sex is so intric intricately connected to your nervous system as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. sexuality is also such a healing space that is just starting to emerge. And I just yeah. think it's so, so cool. I agree. I think that's awesome that you speak to that because I think one of the things that uh, even in my own experience is allowing yourself to just connect to emotion, like having that type of sexuality and having an experience can like actually like bring up emotion, right? That maybe has been stored away for a long time in our body or like this trauma that's been stored away can actually allow yourself to release it. And that's why sometimes people be like, oh my God, I just started crying and I didn't even know why after the experience. And that's a lot to do with it, right? So it does allow even our bodies to release things that have been laying dormant and, and, and in that makes you not only get through that and process that stuff, even if you don't know what the emotion is, allowing your body to express it. Totally. I literally just had an experience the other day. My, my partner was giving me oral and I was like crying, tears were coming out. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. You know, I didn't judge the experience or try to change it. I just kind of allowed myself to to have that release. Yeah. And I honestly, I always tell people, you know, tears is the way the body releases and it's the way it actually um, helps you come back to homeostasis. Sometimes, sometimes it just needs to do that. And there's no rhyme or reason. You don't need to go and figure out why you're crying. And of course your partner, like at least my partner is always going to be like, why are you crying? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, obviously they need to release that. So but um, this was a great conversation and we, we covered so much stuff. So thank you for, you know, being here and talking about all of this stuff and, you know, honestly giving a safe space for women to just, you know, talk about this stuff, right? Like, and, and be okay with it and know that they should be comfortable with it. There is no shame in it. 
So I appreciate all the work that you're doing. And thank you again for um, coming on the show. And how would you, um, you know, I always ask this question at the end and it's always on the fly. I don't tell you um, if there was one thing that happened in your journey or something that someone said to you or that you would say to someone like a piece of advice, what would that be? You can get to the audience today. Yeah, there's so many things that could come up. But when you shared the part of, you know, what someone said to me at one point, it really brought me back to when I was really young. And I've always been a visionary and I saw so much for myself in the world, but I didn't always believe in myself. And this, this notion of she can do it. So why can't I was so so helpful for me. And I would always repeat that to myself. If I saw someone doing something that I wanted to do, I would say, if she can do it, if he can do it, if they can do it, so can I. I love that. Yeah. Right. That's if everybody like has these limiting beliefs and they stop themselves from going after things because we don't think we're capable, but we are, we truly are. So thank you again, Erica. Um, how do people reach you? Do you have a website? Do you want to share it? Yes. So my website is ericabamecoaching.com and my social media is also my first and last name, Erica Bame. I love to express myself on Instagram. Um, so follow me there. And uh, how you spell that is E-R-I-K-A-B-O-E-H-M-E, ericabamecoaching.com or on Instagram at ericabame. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, hon. And I appreciate you being on the show. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Goddess Rising. It would mean the world to me if you could like, subscribe, and share so that I can receive more listeners because this is how we each use our own voices to step into our own power, create change and healing for others. Until next time, remember, you are the Goddess Rising.